Well, good morning and welcome. It's good to see you all this morning. So glad you could join us. If you're out in the hallway, please make your way on into the sanctuary. And if you're joining us by live stream this morning, we want to say good morning to you and welcome as well. Um, what a privilege it is to be gathered uh, in Jesus' name and to be able to worship Him today. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. If you're visiting with us for the first time, and we do have some of you, and we're so glad you're here, um, we just want you to know here at East LJ Baptist Church, we have been captivated by Christ. In Jesus, we have seen and we cannot unsee the glory of God, which the Scriptures tell us is His grace and mercy uh, to forgive and justify us through the life, death, and resurrection and ongoing reign of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we have been captivated by who He is. And it's our prayer that you'll see and embrace the beauty of Jesus uh, and enjoy and find yourself captivated by Him as well. Several announcements as we begin. Today we begin our Advent series. We're going to be looking, uh, including today for the next four Sundays, at the gifts we all need after 2020. We're going to be looking today at the gift of hope and then uh, the next three Sundays, we'll look at the gifts of peace, joy, and love. And then we'll close our Advent celebration with our Christmas Eve candlelight communion service on December the 24th, right here at 5 o'clock. So we hope you'll join us for that. <clears throat> on your way out today, there are a, a roughly 30 copies on the, there's a desk on your way out, uh, of an Advent devotional, The Christmas We Didn't Expect by David Mathis. Um, it's available for you on your way out. Uh, I'd ask just one per family, um, and, 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 for, and, and for those of you who will actually plan to use it. So, so don't just take it because you're curious, but if you, if you will sit down at night and, and, and work through that with your family, by all means, please take one. If you can make a $7 donation to help cover the church's cost on those books, that'd be great. If you can't, we want you to have it anyway, so please take a copy uh, if you'll use it and, and, and set, start some new traditions with your family this Advent season. Also, Advent is a great opportunity for you to invite your friends and your family, uh, especially that Christmas Eve service. Folks are more open to go to church that don't normally go to church on Christmas Eve than any other time of year. So what that means is we should all probably invite somebody, right? Because our chances go up that they'll say yes exponentially. So um, how many of you willing to invite somebody to the Christmas Eve service? All right, so here's the next thing I need. If you all get a yes, you need to let us know so that we're well prepared that night. We've had as many as 200, so uh, we would love to have a full house that night. Um, and, and uh, you know, as, as many as we can hold uh, appropriately here during these days, but uh, invite someone to join you uh, the Sundays between now and then, but especially that Christmas Eve service. Today, <clears throat> a couple things going on this afternoon. Immediately following our worship time today, we'll have our regular church conference. So probably what we're going to do, just so you know, some of us have got to be back here later in the day, we're probably going to uh, wrap up in prayer. I'm going to sign off the live stream and then we're going to go right into conference. So if you're visiting with us and you're, you want to stay for that, you're welcome to do that. If, you're, uh, if you have no desire to stay for that, then you're, you know, we'll, we'll give you just a couple seconds there, to, a few minutes to get out. Um, and then um, uh, members as well, invite all of you guys to stay. Several things on the agenda, important things. We'll be presenting, uh, the deacons will be presenting two new deacon candidates. Uh, these men will be set aside for a period of six months of examination and involvement with the leadership team. 
Um, we'll also uh, have some other regular uh, church business items to attend to. Should not be long and drawn out. Uh, everything's pretty straightforward during this uh, regular conference. Also this afternoon, then at 5 o'clock, we will have our, our meeting for our youth and children's workers as well as parents of youth and children right here in the sanctuary. Um, this is our second meeting together. We're going to begin tonight to um, form a search committee. That's, that's a goal for that meeting, that when we leave, you'll have the beginnings of a search committee formed and to continue to gather uh, your input uh, about a full-time staff to work with our children and youth. So please join us at 5 for that. A couple of community needs that I want to make you aware of and opportunities for you to uh, share um, in, in, in the blessings God's given you with those in our community this Christmas season. Uh, and then, Jim, I'm going to have you come and share about the Gideons. First of all, Clear Creek Middle School is in need of shoes, tennis shoes for kids. And so uh, we're going to call this the Clear Creek Shoe Drive. Uh, boys and girls, tennis shoes, sizes 6 to 10. Those are adult sizes, 6 to 10. Adult sizes 6 to 10. Uh, Amy said they can be gently used. They're, they're seeing just a lot of kids whose shoes are just completely shredded. Uh, they can be gently used, but no, more, you know, don't don't dump your don't dump your junk on them. It, it, just gently, if they're gently used, or otherwise, new tennis shoes, please. Also, if you have hoodies, um, there's a need for you know wearing a hoodie, like for a jacket type sweatshirt thing. Uh, also, that needs so um, you can bring those and, and drop those here. Uh, or get with Amy Bradshaw directly. Also, we're aware of and have some friends, a young lady that used to be part of the church here, and now her and her husband. You, you, many of you may know Joey and Chris, Christian Johnson. Christian uh, will be, has had a, been dealing with a brain tumor. We'll be having um, a biopsy done this week and uh, has continued to have some seizures, seizures since some months ago now, I think back in the spring, just after COVID started. She was hospitalized and had, went through a real tough time. In the meantime, since the, the brain tumor came about, um, they have adopted or in the process of adopting th uh, three of um, Joey's nephews. And so they have three new boys. Their family went from two to five, just like that. And they're dealing with this all at the same time. Just a uh, precious couple, good friends of, 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 of ours and, and many of you we know. Um, and so if you'd like to help out uh, by giving financially for the medical bills involved there for Christian or uh, toward Christmas uh, for their three new boys, um, just feel free to designate in that way and we'll make sure that gets to them. Jim, come and share with us about uh, the Gideon's birthday for Jesus. Well, Black Friday is behind us, and some of you may have observed Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday is coming up, but maybe you are still thinking about how you're going to spend your money. Let me urge you to consider joining the birthday for Jesus, and you can make a donation so that someone somewhere in the world will receive their own copy of the Bible. The Gideons are... Uh, working together with East L.A.J. Baptist Church in the Birthday for Jesus program. Back as you leave the sanctuary at the tables where the offering baskets are located, you'll see these envelopes. And I'd urge you to prayerfully consider making a donation to the Gideons so that someone on Spaceship Earth who's never ever seen a Bible 
could actually have one of their very own. Many of these people will never have a Bible unless you provide it for them. So you can simply take this envelope, put your check inside. Inside there's an ornament uh, that you can hang on your tree, reminding you to pray for those who receive the Bibles that you're purchasing on their behalf. So that's the Birthday for Jesus program. Again, the envelopes are by the offering baskets at each of the doors. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Always excited to be able to partner with the Gideons to get God's Word uh, out around the world where people don't have a copy uh, of their own. Um, so I encourage you to give in that direction as well. Would you stand with me and join me in reading the Word of God? Uh, our text for this morning is going to be Romans 15, verses 12 and 13. And here's what it says as Paul begins to wrap up his, his greatest uh, treatise, his... his most um, in-depth letter and explanation of the gospel. This is what he says in Romans 15, verse 12. He says, and again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him, the Gentiles will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. We need hope. Hope is the very breath of our hearts. And we're going to be looking this morning at the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. The hope, if you don't know Christ today, that you can have in Him. And Paul doesn't want them just to have hope. Look at what he says. He's praying for them that they would abound in hope. You see, we don't have to just walk around with just a little taste of hope, just a little pinch of hope. We can abound. The word means overflow with hope. And oh, what our world needs to see out of the church of Jesus Christ is a church overflowing with hope. I'm so thankful that in Jesus... We've come to know the God of hope, and, and through Jesus we can be filled with joy and peace in believing and trusting in Him, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit who, because of Jesus, lives in us, we can abound in hope. But so many that you know and work with, you live nearby, you got family members that don't yet have that kind of hope. Uh, we want to pray for them this morning. We want to pray for those all around the world, even some, as Jim has mentioned, who don't have the Word of God, so therefore they've never heard the message of Jesus. They don't have this hope we're talking about. Uh, join me in praying also for the, and there's some crazy names, uh, our unreached people group of the day, the Zaza, of Dim, the Zaza Dimli people of Turkey. This is a Shiite Muslim group of people. 1.74 million people among whom there are no known evangelical believers. And so pray that uh, in that particular case, that God, would, that God would work to get His Word into their language. Uh, there is not a copy of God's Word in their specific heart language, so we pray that uh, God would work that way as well. Join me as we pray for your neighbors, for the nations, and our nation as well. Father, we come to you today praising you that you are the God of hope the God of eternal hope, not just hope that 
works for a minute and fizzles and fades away, but a hope that lasts forever. You've given us hope through the life, death, and resurrection and ongoing reign of your son, Jesus. Fill us with hope. Cause us as your people to overflow with hope. And Father, how we pray for neighbors and co-workers all around us, family members. Cause your hope to overflow from us into their lives. Give us boldness and courage to talk to them about Jesus and explain the hope that can be theirs. And Father, how we pray that you would continue to raise up folks to take the gospel the world over to unreached people groups, but specifically the Zaza Dimli people of Turkey. That God, you would raise up someone either locally there from neighboring people groups or even someone from this room that would infiltrate that people group with the good news, the the news of hope forever in Jesus Christ. Lord, how we pray for our nation today. We continue to pray for uh, all of those, Lord, who are are, um, in the medical field working with COVID patients and those that are continuing development for vaccines, those who are grieving the loss of loved ones, Lord, those who are hospitalized today, those who can't see loved ones uh, because they're hospitalized with this virus. And Lord, we just pray for all those dealing directly there. Father, we pray for uh, our leaders at all levels. Above all, praying that they would know you in personal uh, trust in Jesus, that they would have a personal relationship with Christ, that you by your Spirit would change them from the inside out, and that you would move them according to your word. Father, we pray that you would sovereignly reign over all. Uh, We know you do. Uh, Lord, there is no ruler that usurps your authority. You reign over all. And they have their next breath because you give it to them. Father, thank you that you are our God. You, Jesus, are our King. And we bow our hearts before you. Right now, Father, we pray that your spirit would guide our time. We pray that this time of worship would, be, uh, would bring great glory to the name of Christ. And that in the same, at the same time, our hearts would be deeply satisfied in Christ, even as we sing. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Continue standing. Remain standing as we enter into worship and song. Well, glad you joined us this morning. Uh, and- Let's all sing uh, same power together. Down this dark and painful road 
Y'all can be seated. Uh, Megan's going to lead us in this next song. God has called us higher than where we want to be. Good home. 
Father, thank you. Thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, Lord, that you would send your own son to live a perfect life in our place. To go to the cross and in his own body on that tree, bearing, bearing his own body, our sins as our substitute. As our sacrifice for atonement. And through his death, fully satisfy the justice and wrath of holy God against our sins that after three days he would be buried there and, and rise from the dead in victory that he might declare sinners justified that he might take people like us and call them his children who were formerly his enemies and then indwell them by the spirit of God and change us until one day, Lord, you come to take us home. Lord, you've told us who we are in Jesus if we'll just trust him. Loved by you. Forgiven by you. Declared holy and righteous by you. All because of Jesus. And Lord, we know that when we call you Savior, you don't have a split personality. You cannot be less than our master and Lord because that's who you are. Jesus, you've been given the name above every name. You rule over all things at the Father's right hand. And when we come to you as Savior, we surrender to you as Lord and you've called us higher. You've called us deeper. You've called us not to waste our lives looking like everybody else around us that doesn't know Jesus, that doesn't have eternal hope. And then you've given us the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. We have all we need to live in peace with our Father, to have the hope of crying out to Jesus every day, never not being in the presence of God Himself as He indwells us. But we have the power to follow your call wherever you call us, not in ourselves the power of the resurrection, the power of your indwelling spirit, Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd help us to walk in these things. Father, right now I ask that your spirit would be our teacher, that we would see the hope we have in Jesus, maybe like never before for some joining us in the room today, some joining us by live stream today after a very difficult year, God, that they would find hope in Jesus like they've never known and trust Jesus as Savior. Thank you for what you're going to do by the power of the Spirit, through the Word of God, even now, as we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll be dismissed to Children's Church. And as they're making their way out, <clears throat> turn with me in your copy of God's Word to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, we'll uh, start there in a few minutes. We're going to be all over the place. Um, if you're new with us today, typically what we do is work through books verse by verse. We uh, have been in a study of go the, the gospel of Luke, and we'll pick that back up after this Advent season. Uh, it's rare that I do topical messages, but we're going to do a couple of those uh, 
though I, I, I trust and, and, and you can rest assured we'll be close to the text the whole time. But as we get started this Advent season, let's, let's start off uh, where we all like to start around Christmas time, right? Talking about Christmas presents, right? What do y'all want? Kids, have y'all got a list going? These boys over here, anybody, anybody already, you already been asking uh, Santa Claus or mom and daddy or grandpa to get you a particular thing? Are you children alive? Because see, like back in, when I was a kid, this is where we'd be talking about the Sears catalog and we'd done, had all the pages dog-eared. We knew exactly what was coming on the list. But let me ask everyone, and especially you adults, a quick question. What was the first Christmas present you got last year? Christmas 2019, what's the first thing you got? Quick. You don't remember. Huh? Does anybody, I mean, I'm trying to be fair. This is not just, I'm going to make a point with this in a minute. But does anybody remember the first gift you got last Christmas? <laughs> Joe said we were all bad, but I don't know. He's, he's got a brother and sister around here. They, they probably tell you you're speaking for yourself there, Joe. But anyway, um, we don't remember, do we? Probably the reason I don't remember, probably the reason you don't remember, is because I'm pretty sure it was something you didn't necessarily need, like in the real definition of need, And I'm sorry to whoever was the giver of the first gift that none of the people around you that you love, that you gave the gift to, can remember. But they probably didn't even want it, right? That's why we don't remember it. Isn't that remarkable? Now, I want you to understand from the very beginning of this Advent season, there's nothing wrong with gift giving. Um, <laughs> my wife had COVID. And that's not funny. But she had steroids given to her from COVID. This is about a month ago. And so one particular night, she could not sleep. But Amazon was open all night long. There's nothing wrong with gift giving. There are memorable and meaningful gifts. Ones that have deeper, more personal meanings. Cinema value. Things you really would will treasure in the years that, that follow the receiving of that gift. But you know, in general, so much money. And by the way, kids, my kids that are watching this via live stream and present in the room, I do know what I want for Christmas from you guys. And so uh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's like a really expensive Bible, but that's what I want. So don't leave Daddy out in this gift giving. But in general, so much money spent on relatively forgettable gifts. We're told that last year, holiday retail sales in the U.S. surpassed, what dollar mark do you think? It was a milestone. It was the first time ever. I'm sorry, second time ever. 18 and 19 both. Throw out a number. Huh? A billion. Actually, it surpassed for the second time in a row the trillion dollar mark. Yes, that's 12 zeros after that one. With households spending an average of $1,536 during the season. On basically forgettable gifts, as you in this room have testified by the lack of answers to my initial question. 
I want us to spend this Advent season unwrapping four gifts that you cannot buy, but that you can freely receive from Jesus and keep forever if you'll come to him in simple childlike faith. I've entitled our Advent series, The Gifts We All Need After 2020. And we're going to begin looking at that this morning, starting with hope. Carolyn Cobb said this, For many, 2020 has felt like one long groan. Between the pandemic, a struggling economy, the isolation of quarantine and online school, civil unrest, racial injustice, wildfires, hurricanes, a noisy election, a divisive public discourse, this year reminded us again and again of our mortality, our lack of control, and our collective brokenness. What a year, right? And and yet as 2020 comes to a close, our hearts long, perhaps like never before, for real stuff. Perhaps like never before, we long for more than just another Christmas present, but our, our hearts long for gifts for the heart that will last forever. Gifts that will allow our hearts deep, and true rest that defy our guilt, our fears, our anxieties, our weakness, our fragility, our our lack of control, and our ever-changing circumstances. The four gifts we're going to unpack in these next few weeks defy all of those things and can turn all of those things on their head and give you true rest this Advent season. Eugene Peterson said, a person has to get fed up with the ways of the world before he, before she, acquires an appetite for the world of grace. You see, if we let it, the year 2020 can make us more hungry for Jesus' kingdom, of of God's grace and His glory, than perhaps we've ever been in our lifetimes. There are four Sundays in Advent, and we're going to light a candle each week. We've never done the, the candle thing here, have we? Have ever done the candle thing here before? Okay, so let me just... It's kind of like we do when we have the Lord's Supper. There's nothing magic about the bread and the wine and the Lord's Supper. They're symbolic. There's nothing magic about candles. We're not being weird burning candles for anybody or anything. It's just symbolic of the gifts that, that Jesus came to bring us. We'll light a, a candle each week. One for each of the gifts that, not on, that, that, that only Messiah could bring and for which the world waited for millennia before Jesus came. Well, light a candle for each of the gifts that we all need after 2020. Today for hope, next week for peace, then joy, then love. And then on Christmas Eve, we'll light the Christ candle, the white one in the middle, to symbolize the light of the world, the Son of God who became man in order to be our substitute and sympathetic Savior as well as our resurrected and victorious King who could then, as the victor, disperse the precious gifts that our hearts so need, hope peace, joy, and love, all from God to anyone who will simply believe in Him. The first candle of Advent is the candle of hope, and so we light the hope candle this morning as we get started with Advent. I want to talk to you today about this simple reality, Christ came to give hope. The gifts that we all need after 2020, hope's number one. Christ came to give hope. 
And here's the truth to take home. Advent is about you overflowing with hope in Jesus. Now, you know where I got that, don't you? Romans 15, verse 12 and 13. Again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. You may abound in hope. You see, Advent, the coming of Jesus to earth, is about you overflowing with hope in Jesus. Now this verse 12 of Romans 15 talks about the root of Jesse. Just to clarify, hoping in the root of Jesse is hoping in Jesus Christ. Isaiah tells us that the root of Jesse would come, that the Gentiles, that is the whole world, not just the nation of Israel, but all nations would put their hope ultimately in the root of Jesse. This hope, we're told, is for all people, no matter their race, the color of their skin, their geographic location, their economic status, no matter their sin and their rebellion. All nations and all people can hope in the root of Jesse Jesse was King David's father in the Old Testament. And Jesus is a direct descendant of King David. The the scriptures make that so abundantly clear, especially in places like Matthew 1. And he brought the eternal fulfillment of God's kingdom that David's reign foreshadowed. The root of Jesse, you see, has come in the birth of the Lord Jesus. The incarnation of the Son of God, the coming of the root of David, it's a huge deal. Israel had waited for years. The world, all together, some not even knowing their need, waited for the gifts Jesus would bring of hope and peace, love and joy. Jesus was born to a common virgin named virgin girl named Mary in an out-of-the-way little town called Bethlehem. And by the way, all through the Old Testament, Gentiles trusted in Israel's God. Uh, Paul here says, as he quotes Isaiah, in him, the Gentiles, in the root of Jesse, the Gentiles will, will hope. All through the Old Testament, we saw Gentiles hoping in the God of Israel and its coming Messiah. One lady pops into my head. We find her in Matthew 1 in the genealogy of Jesus. You'll remember the story of Rahab of Jericho, right? The harlot of Jericho who ended up trusting in the God of Israel, and later, Matthew 1 shows us, became the great, to the X degree, grandmother of Jesus himself. A Jericho harlot found her way into the, 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 the family tree of the Lord Jesus himself. Matthew 1, by the way, verse 5. Now, you know, that kind of messes with... Uh, Self-righteous religious people, doesn't it? To hear a statement like that, that in the line of Jesus was a, was a harlot named Rahab. But that just shows, when people are bothered by that, that they don't really get grace. Because all throughout the Old Testament, the heart of God is for the nations. It's for, it's for pagans to know a relationship with God through the sacrifice of Messiah to come, and it is the heart of Advent. Advent is about you, no matter who you are, overflowing with hope in Jesus. One of my favorite verses about hope is 1 Peter 1, verse 3, where Peter praises God 
because of the hope he has. And here's, here's what he says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again, listen to this, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter praises God and says, He's worthy of our worship. Blessed be His name because according to His mercy, He has caused us. He acted on me one day. He acted in, in, the, in, in my life. He acted by His Spirit on my heart. And He caused me to be born again through simple faith in Jesus. He caused me to be born from above. He took out a heart of stone and He put in a heart of flesh so that I could see my sin and the beauty of Jesus and the sufficiency of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And I trusted Him. And in the moment I trusted Him, I was born again. And I was born again to a living hope because Jesus lives. God, you see, wants you to enjoy a living hope. You could really translate this, a hopefulness in living. Some translations have it, a, a, a hopeful expectation in life. In other words, today, every day as we live, we live with a hopeful expectation. A hope that, that doesn't just come and go, but is a living hope. It's like a living being. And every day I have this hope that one day I will see God. Why? Because the Savior in whom I trust rose from the dead and is at my Father's right hand, and He is sitting there interceding for me. He will save me to the uttermost. One day I will be right there. And that hope drives me. That hope enlivens me. That hope invigorates me. A hopefulness in living that spans the rest of my earthly life and has its anchor in eternity, even Jesus himself. We won't take time to go there, but in Hebrews, it talks about how Jesus has already entered in behind the veil and he's there at the Father's right hand. And here's the picture you ought to get from that passage in Hebrews. Jesus is your anchor and there's a chain coming out of the very presence of God back into your life and he's got that chain hooked up to your boat by the power of his Holy Spirit. And what that means is your boat will make it to the harbor of heaven one day. And let me tell you something, there's no hope like that. You can go through anything if you've got that hope. Your anchor's not floating somewhere. It's not like a balloon floating around. That's not, that's not, that's not the certainty. Jesus is an anchor stuck deep in the rock of God's grace and mercy at the Father's right hand. You will make it home. Your eternity's certain. Your hope is alive. Well, what does our hope in Jesus specifically give us hope for? Well, I want to read just one more time Matthew, Romans 15, 13. Just, just catch all this. I don't want you to miss anything. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing. We'll be talking about those two things later this month. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So if you just shorten this. Paul prays to the, notice this, the God of hope. So here's the deal. When, 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 when Scripture gives God a name, it's a big deal. He's not just the God who gives hope. He's the God of hope. Where does hope come from? Where does the only true hope that we can ever have come from? It comes from the God of hope. And Paul says, I'm praying that the God of hope, he's the source of everlasting hope, I'm praying that He would, by the power of the Holy Spirit, make you abound in hope. 
Well, what does our hope in Jesus specifically give us hope for? If we are abounding in hope, what are the things that we're hoping for, that we're expecting from Jesus, from God, that will motivate us in this life? First of all, and we've alluded to some of this already, the hope of God's glory. Romans chapter 5, verse 2. By the way, when, when we read Romans 15, verse 13, I said earlier, uh, Paul is, is kind of wrapping the book up. <clears throat> so when he, when he makes that prayer for the, the Romans and prays for them to have a, an abounding hope, it's based on 15 chapters of gospel hope that he's been unfolding in that letter to the Romans. We, looked at, we went through the book of Romans. It took us a couple of years or about that long, I think. Um, not long back. And uh, oh, how, how hope-filled is, is the gospel in the, in, as, as, re, as revealed in the book of Romans. But we hope for God's glory, the hope of God's glory. Romans 5 verse 2 says this, Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. That's present tense. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So through Jesus, in context, we've obtained access by faith. We've trusted Jesus into this grace in which we stand. If you think about a solid rock, we stand on a rock that is called grace, and it won't move. We, are on, we stand firmly on the rock of God's grace through Jesus, and while we're standing in the present on the rock of God's grace, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We've got a future with Him in heaven that we just mentioned a moment ago. One day, we will see God face to face. One day, we will look in, into the face of Jesus, and the one that we've never seen but loved, the one that we've never seen but rejoiced in, and had exceeding joy in our hearts about Him, we're going to see Him face to face one day. And today we live in the hope of God's glory yet to come. Jesus gives us hope, the hope of glory. You see, because of our sin, we had, Scripture tells us in Ephesians 2, no hope of seeing and participating in the glory of God. Ephesians 2 verse 12 says, We were among those who had no hope and were without God in the world. There was no hope that we would ever look into the face of our Creator except to see Him as a judge, never to be able to behold Him and embrace Him as our Father. Romans 3.23 tells us why this is true. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin from a holy God is death. Your sin earns you death from a holy and just and righteous God. But the good news of Jesus' coming is that he brought the gift of hope. He brought us, as Romans 6, 23 says, the free gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, we can receive the gift of eternal life from God. Eternal life with God. And if we can receive the gift of eternal life with God, then there is eternal hope available to us right now. Because here's the deal. If I can be given a certainty of being with God forever, then guess what? I have hope. Forever. Forever. Well, how did Jesus purchase this gift of everlasting life, everlasting hope? For us, Romans 5 verse 8 says, God shows his love for us 
and that while we were still sinners under the wrath and judgment of God, Christ died for us. He died in our place. He died to pay the price for all of our many sins. God sent His Son, Scripture tells us, to be born of a woman, to grow up perfectly obeying God's law for us, to die on the cross for us, to pay for our sins, and then to rise on the third day from the dead in victory over sin for us, to give us the same victory He enjoys over death, hell, and the grave. And though we fell short of the glory of God on our own, Though we would have never seen it, left to ourselves through Jesus Christ and in the gospel, God lets us see and participate in His glory. Not just one day in the sweet by and by, but even right now in the present. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6 says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give today the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Paul says, We have seen the glory of God in Jesus. And the same God that at creation who said, let light shine out of the darkness. You know what happened on your salvation day? You know what happened when you trusted Jesus for the first time? There were, it, it was like creation. God said, of my heart, let there be light in Chad Kelly's heart. In, in a heart that could only see darkness. In a heart that, the don't, that could only love sin. In a heart that was hard toward God that wasn't looking for God, in that moment, God said, let there be light. Take away the darkness, give him sight, pull out that Spirit of God, remove that heart of stone, put in a heart of flesh, let him see my glory. And what was his glory? His glory was the face, was seen in the face of Jesus Christ. That is to say, the life, death, and resurrection, all, all the, the finished work of Jesus in that message about Jesus and what he's done for us, we see the glory of God. And knowing the glory of God in Jesus gives us hope. I just want to ask you, if you're here in the room and, and you've never met Jesus, if you're joining us by a live stream, have you seen his glory? Have you seen personally, with the eyes of your heart, the grace and mercy and forgiveness, the gift of righteousness from holy God through the Lord Jesus Christ to you? Do you have today the hope of seeing the glory of God one day face to face because you know that today your sins are forgiven and that God sees you as righteous as Jesus is because all of your hope is in Him? You see, Romans 10 verse 9 says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. You can have, by that simple process of, 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 of believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth, like a child coming to Jesus and say, Jesus, you said you did it all for me. You paid it all for me. Your work was enough. Your perfect life was enough. Your resurrection is enough. Like a child saying, Jesus, I believe what you said. The Bible says you will be saved. You can leave this moment holding the gift of everlasting hope from Jesus as your own. It can be true for you, what we read in Romans 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you know what that means to me? Let me just read it to you the way I read it to me. There is therefore now no condemnation for Chad Kelly 
because I'm in Christ Jesus. Now, is Chad Kelly a sinner? Absolutely. Has he done a lot of bad things in the past? Yep. Is he still going to do some things this week that are wrong? Yep. But you know what God says about me? And we sang it earlier. Do you believe what God says? What he says about you to be true? In Jesus, because I'm in Jesus Christ, because I've trusted him as my only hope before a holy God, there is, this is what God says, there is therefore now no condemnation for Chad Kelly ever again. When I sin tomorrow, there won't be any condemnation toward me tomorrow when I sin. Why? Because that sin has already been paid for. Now, does that mean that I'm to take it lightly when I fall and sin and do things wrong? No. I'm to say, as First John talks about, the same thing God says about that sin. So tomorrow when I sin, I'm, if, I, if I even realize I do it, I'm to acknowledge that sin, confess that sin. I'm to say the same thing God says about it. And say, that was wrong. Father, I turn from that sin. I want to get back on the right track with you. I want to walk in, 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 in obedience. I want you to help me to be holy by the power of your Holy Spirit. I thank you that that sin's forgiven. Now, Father, help me as I move forward. But the reality is, in that moment, I don't have to run from a judge who condemns me. I can run to a Father who's already forgiven me through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now, that's worth saying amen over. Romans 5 verse 2 says this way, Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Will you hope in Jesus right now? You know, your, your intelligence, it won't get you there. Your health, it won't last. Your money, it'll run out. Or one day it'll burn up. Your job, It'll disappear one day. You won't be able to do it one day. Your reputation. You know, all these things that, that we hope in, they can, they can all disappear in a minute. We've seen some of that stuff happen this year. Amen? They can collapse in a moment. And yet, in Jesus, you can overflow with hope today and every day. Advent is about you overflowing with hope in Jesus. The hope of the glory of God. That was the longest point. Most important point. Because it's about you knowing Jesus personally. Two other things that the gift of hope brings us. Hope for new bodies without pain and death. Now, isn't that fitting this pandemic year? We have through Jesus not only hope of seeing the glory of God, but we have along with that hope for new bodies without pain and death. Particularly powerful in the middle of a pandemic that continues to take so many lives. I believe over a million worldwide, over 250,000 in the U.S. Listen to Romans 8, 23 and 24. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. What's our life like on this earth in, in days like this, years like 2020? We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our body, for in this hope we are saved. Here's what happened when I trusted Jesus. I learned through the scriptures and the gospel, whoever was talking to me about coming to Jesus and explaining how to trust Christ and, and what that meant, all that he'd done for me. One of the things I learned in that moment is that when I died or Jesus came back, I would get a new body that could live forever in heaven with God, right? We, I mean, we've heard that from day one or at least two, right? Early on, we learned that. For in this hope we were saved. 
And Paul here says, as we'll see in a minute, creation itself longs for the, the return of Jesus, the second advent of Christ. But we ourselves, because the Spirit of God lives in us, we groan eagerly, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons. Now you say, I thought I was already a son of God. I thought I was already a child of God. You are. But what Paul is referring to here is a special, uh, an, an added sense of our adoption. There's going to come a day when these bodies of death, these bodies that are temporary, are replaced by permanent ones. And in that moment, there's a, there's a sense in which our adoption is fully completed, if you will, and, and, and we become like Him and live with Him in heaven. Not only will our souls be saved, in other words, not only will we experience God's glory in spirit, but our bodies will be redeemed and glorified and made fit for heaven and eternity. We will not exist forever in the new heavens and the new earth as disembodied spirits, but as fully restored men and women in glorified bodies, even like the resurrection body of the Lord Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15 says it this way, verse 53, For this perishable, perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Because we will be in bodies that will never die. Our souls will never die, but we'll live in a body that is glorified and made fit for eternal, an immortal body, an imperishable body. You say, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> but it means it's forever, and it's with Him, and that's all I need to know, amen? And you're going to get one if you trust Jesus. Advent is about you overflowing with hope in Jesus, specifically the hope of a new, everlasting body. But thirdly, Hope for the new heavens and the new earth. Also in Romans 8. Remember earlier I said that Romans 15, 3, this prayer for the God of hope to give them abounding hope. It's all built on what he's already said. And if you notice as we've walked through these three different things, hope for, uh, for glory, hope for new bodies, now hope for the new heavens and the new earth, we're, we're, we're pulling right out of Romans all the way through. Romans chapter 8, verse 20. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him he subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and to obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So what happened when Adam and Eve sinned? We call that the fall, right? In that moment, they came under the judgment of God. Everything changed. The curse was pronounced on humanity as well as creation because of humanity. Adam and Eve got the whole world in trouble. Adam and Eve's sin caused nature to be cursed. And so not only do we long for a recreated, remade, glorified body, but the world around us, the trees, the rocks, the, the, the mountains, they all long for the day of recreation. The day they'll be made into the new heavens and the new earth. They'll be set free from the bondage and corruption that Adam's sin put them in, and they'll enjoy the freedom and the glory of the children of God along with us. Paradise lost will one day be paradise restored because Jesus came to free creation from the curse of Adam's sin. Uh, the Old Testament passages talk about how the lion will lay down with the lamb. That doesn't happen in a cursed world, does it? 
Doesn't happen in a fallen world. The lion eats the lamb. Y'all tracking? One day, there'll be perfect harmony. There'll be no need for animals to eat one another. Uh, There'll be this peace in all of creation. And you and I have the hope of the new heavens and the new earth. Not just seeing this neat recreation, but being there. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13. Paul says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that is, those who've died, that you may not grieve as others who have no, others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who've fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. That's the hope we have at Jesus' second coming. The hope of the new heavens and the new earth. The hope of being in his presence Forever, Advent is about you overflowing with hope in Jesus. Is your, is your hope tank getting full yet? you got the hope of the glory of God. you got the hope of, 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 of bodies that will never die. Bodies that will be freed from sin and, and death. You have the hope of the new heavens and the new earth forever in the presence of Jesus. Again, Caroline Cobb wrote, Even as we celebrate Christ's first arrival, we watch and ache for his promised second coming. That's what Advent's about. When God will usher, when God will dwell with us forever and everything fractured will be made new. Listen to Revelation 21, verses 1 through 4, the description of the new heavens and the new earth. Then John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. That's us. That's the church coming down from heaven to to inhabit the new earth. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall, be, shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. What does it mean that you have the hope for you have hope for the new heavens and the new earth? It means that you have hope for that day. You have hope for that day when the dwelling place with God will, of, of God will be with men. He will be among us. That the, the, the revelation uh, of John tells us that Jesus will be the light of that city. We won't need a sun anymore. Jesus will just give off glory that will allow us to see what's going on. In the new Jerusalem and, and all over the new earth as we enjoy fellowship with him forever. And, 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 and crying, it'll be gone. Death, it'll be gone. Mourning, no more. All the pain, all the frustration that come from a fallen world, it'll be gone. This is the hope that Jesus came to bring you. Advent. It's about you overflowing with hope in Jesus. There's no other place that hope can be found. 
There's no other person that can give you hope, certainty about seeing the glory of God forever. And even today enjoying a heart's vision of the glory of God and the grace of God through Jesus Christ. Nobody else can give you the hope of a completely renewed and resurrected body that will live forever in the presence of God. That can even, that can even enter the presence of God. And nobody but Jesus can give you the hope of one day living forever in the new heavens and the new earth. Paradise restored. Forever looking into his face. Never having anything wicked enter into your existence. Forever. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Paul prays that we would receive hope from God and let it overflow into the lives of others. Do you believe what we've talked about, what the Scripture teaches about Jesus? Do you believe he, 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 he alone can give you hope in the glory of God? Hope of a new and everlasting body. Hope of the new heavens and the new earth. Well, let me ask you this. How can you allow... How can this Advent season... How can you even cause your hope in God to practically overflow to those around you this Advent season? Well, you can choose to resist the cultural Christmas narrative of consumption and live out your hope in Jesus by choosing sort of a revolutionary Christmas this year through worshiping more fully, spending less, giving more, and loving everyone you come in contact with, even people you consider your enemies, because Christmas is the story of God sending His own Son to His enemies to die for His enemies to make them His children. And you can give away your hope through how you use your money, how you use your time in the next few weeks, how you use your voice as a means to show and tell others about Jesus. I believe that parents, because our most important ministry is at home with our spouses and our children, I believe that perhaps the most important and practical decision you can make this Advent season is to observe Advent in your home through a daily time of reading and reflecting on the miracle that Jesus, God the Son, imagine it, became man to save you. Helping your children to understand that's what this is all about. That's what we as Christians celebrate on Christmas Day. Use the Christmas we didn't expect by David Mathis in the days beginning today, read a four to five page, and this is a small book, so they're not long pages, four to five page chapters, one for every day starting today and going through Christmas Day. Spend maybe ten minutes a day, five to ten minutes a day. You, by the way, you may, you may be able to still order a copy of that book online if we run out today. So just uh, get that title, The Christmas We Didn't Expect. 
Uh, maybe you can still get an, a copy online, uh, rushed to you pretty quickly. Maybe that's the most important thing because, you know, our important, most important ministry will probably never be something we do but someone we raise if we're parents. That's an, I, didn't, I didn't make that up. That's Andy Stanley quote, by the way. My most important ministry is not, probably not, not something I do, but it's someone I raise. Don't forget that, parents. Advent's about you overflowing with hope in Jesus. From the book I've been talking about, The Christmas We Didn't Expect, David Mathis says, Advent doesn't pretend the darkness is gone. Our lives may yet grow darker. It could get worse in 2020. But Advent looks darkness square in the eye and issues this great promise for our season of waiting. As Jesus himself said, the darkness will not overcome the light. It's only a matter of time. And Christmas is just over three weeks away. The first gift we all need after 2020 is hope. And Advent is about you overflowing with hope in Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, may we, all who are in this room, I pray, God, for every person in this room, may we overflow with hope in Jesus this Advent season. Father, I pray for any in the room or watching via live stream who have yet to meet Jesus through personal faith in Him. They can't today call Him Lord and Savior. I pray right now, Father, they would make, their, make themselves to be like children and, and trust Him. That they would look to Him in His perfect life, sin atoning death, and victorious resurrection and believe what you say about Him, that He did that for them on their behalf, as their substitute, that all of Jesus' righteousness and redemption can be applied to them if they will simply believe that it's true. If they'll simply take you at your word and receive the gift, acknowledging their inability to save themselves or run their own lives, relinquishing authority over their own lives and surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus. Lord, I pray that that would happen right now in someone's heart. And God, I pray that as we go through these days of Advent that the world around us, our own families, would see us overflowing with hope. They would hear it in our words. They'd see it on our faces. They'd notice it in changed priorities and in our homes, they would hear it as we talk about different things than those around us. As we read from your word or, or from devotional books that give us your word and talk about what it means that Jesus became man to save sinners. Do a special work in the body of Christ in this place and through us in our community, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand together and close uh, in, in song.
people said. Amen and amen. If you're visiting with us today or joining us online for the first time, let me encourage you to do something, if you will, for us. Uh, go to our website, www.eastljbaptist.com. There on that homepage, you'll find a little link that says Connect Card. Uh, if you're watching this morning on YouTube right now via live stream, right there on the YouTube page, you'll also see a Connect Card. Uh, it'll say Google Connect card. If you'll click on that and fill that out, uh, let us know who you are, how we can be praying for you. Uh, if you'd like to be involved in some of our uh, Zoom small group gatherings um, and, and, and just any way we can serve you, uh, we'd appreciate you doing that so we can get to know you a little bit better and, and have opportunity to serve you uh, in some way. So check that out on our website uh, or on the YouTube page uh, where you are joining us by live stream now. Uh, we're going to close in prayer. Um, I'm going to ask, let's see here, Kyle Ray from the back to close us in prayer. Uh, then we'll be dismissed. We're going to transition quickly within just a few minutes into our regular conference. And so church members, join us. Uh, plan on staying with us. Uh, visitors, you're certainly welcome to stay. But we understand if you uh, want to make your way out. Kyle, will you close us?